The first bullet in the 2024 war will be fired tonight. We'll explain exactly what we mean. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Also, I do want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code college, all one word, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis. And this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Let's get straight to it. Today, the 2024 schedule for the SEC will be released. And we've told you for months, our every my everydayers can attest to this, that this season, I think, is all about putting us in the best position for 2024. And the, fa- the direction that, that schedule goes is going to determine whether Ole Miss has, even has a shot to make the 12-team playoff in 2024 because there is a worst-case scenario and there is a best-case scenario, and we will cover all of that. The first thing I want to do let you know is Ole Miss does have a decent non-conference slate. They play Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, at Wake Forest, by the way, in Winston-Salem, and Georgia Southern. Those are August 31st, September 7th, September 14th, September 21st. They're locked in stone. They're already there. You can count on that with every schedule release. Ole Miss is not going to show up until week five at the earliest because of these non-conference games. Now, we know that the SEC is going to try and um, strike a balance between competitive balance and their rivalry um, matchups. They're going to try and protect those. You remember me railing on the LSU versus Ole Miss game? They're going to try and protect that game. And I think that game is going to be protected or I'd still be railing about what's going on. So the way they've decided to do that is through a two-tiered system where you have over the last 10 years winning percentages of the top eight and then winning percentages of the bottom eight. So it's basically a way to take large market and small market SEC teams, and I'm not talking about the population, just kind of how they sit. So you don't have too many of the Alabamas, Georgias, Floridas, those schools sitting on the top of your schedule um, that could absolutely sink you down. You also, on the flip side of that, you don't want to have too many on the bottom part of the schedule as well. So there's three games that I, I think is pretty much a lock to end up on Ole Miss's schedule in 2024. That is, they're going to play the Egg Bowl. That'll be a home game, and that'd be a lower-tiered game. They're going to go to Tiger Stadium. That is going to be an upper-tiered game. And they're going to go to Fayetteville. And that is going to be a lower-tiered game. So those three games, I think you can pretty much be confident about them still remaining existing on Ole Miss's schedule. So that is seven games on Ole Miss's 2024-7 that you can be relatively confident about. 
That is two lower tier games, one upper tier game, four non-conference games. So you still have to come up with three upper tier games and two lower tier games. The upper tier possibilities left, Alabama, Auburn, A&M, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Florida. You got to play three of those teams. Lower tier possibilities left. You have to play two of these teams, Tennessee, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt. So as you can see, if you take those seven games, there's a multiple directions that this Ole Miss schedule can go. It, it just It's just the way it sits at the moment. And I don't want to say it is what it is, but, you know, it is what it is. So when you look at these games, you have to realize if, as we've been talking about, Ole Miss is going to put their eggs in the 2024 basket because these are amongst the most talented Ole Miss football teams that have existed in my lifetime. It doesn't matter. That's the reason I don't play the brutal schedule game. That's the reason I don't worry about eight or nine games. It, these teams are getting to the level that they need to be at. And we interviewed Dayton Wade last night, and he talked about um, how it affects him with players being constantly recruiting over him. He was kind of the epitome of pro mindset, viewing it as the NFL is going to do the same thing. Might as well get used to it and try and win those jobs if you want to make it to that level. It's almost a dress for the job you want type situation. But Dayton talked pretty consistently about how these transfers and the coaches completely trying to um, recruit them out of a job, that's, that's not a bad thing to them. So there's going to be segments of the fan base that sees the fact that this schedule has a chance to be absolutely nuts. And there's a segment of the fan base that's going to be like, well, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know about this schedule. This is going to be a four win schedule. And it's, it's woe is me. It's every fan base has that group of people. It's the glasses half full glasses, totally full glasses, overflowing um, conundrum of college athletics. So we're going to start out with, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to give you a worst-case schedule scenario for tonight and a best-case schedule scenario for tonight. And I, mean, I think it's going to be very, very interesting, but um, we'll see exactly how it goes. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look fantastic. They're the most comfortable shorts you're ever going to wear. They have anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I know this for a fact. If you know my story, and you probably do if you watch this show for any period of time, because Lord knows I talk about it all the time. I need to walk three times a day for my balance. In 2019, I had surgery that caused me to lose half my balance. And part of that means I have to walk to kind of retrain the other side of the brain so I'm not wobbly, so I won't fall over. So I am close to what I was before the surgery. Well, you know, if you have the wrong shorts on for walking that many times, I tell you what, put on a bathing suit and go for a walk for a mile. And then you will know, because wearing the wrong shorts for walking is a self-teaching tool. Well, these bird dog shorts are the most comfortable shorts I've ever put on. I enjoy walking in them. It, they're fantastic. 
And you can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. You can enter promo code locked on college. That's one word locked on college. And you can get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to miss this and you won't want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. And I almost guarantee that if you do this, if you get a pair, you will be in my comments telling me how right I was. Simple as that. Uh, I mean, I hate to sound overly confident on this or, I don't know, arrogant about it, but it is absolutely a factual statement. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will be reacting to the schedule release and hopefully it's not as difficult as what I am about to show you because it can go one of two ways. It can be an insanely difficult schedule that I'm going to show you. This is go- completely plausible, and it could be extremely, well, not extremely easy, but as easy as it can get. So I want to let you know what's going on about that. Now, the 2024 schedule, I told you about the tiers. I told you about pretty much everything um, going on with Ole Miss football. But I was curious of what a 2024 schedule worst case would look like. And we'll start with worst case and kind of close off on the subject and best case. So you got August 31st, Furman, September 7th, MTSU, September 14th, Wake Forest, September 21st, Georgia Southern. Okay. Those are the only games that are locked in at this moment. All right. We'll find out at six o'clock tonight who the other games are. The worst case scenario for Ole Miss is week five, a bye. If you get that bye early in the season, you're, you're going to need it because this schedule, regardless, is going to be three times tougher either way than the 2022 schedule. This schedule has a chance to be really rough. And let's say October 5th, you play Bama. Now, we're played at Alabama. We keep that game. That game's played in Oxford, Okay. October 12th at Texas. You got to have Texas or Oklahoma probably in the schedule. They're probably going to make it out to where Texas and Oklahoma play seven teams, different seven teams. So somebody in the conference plays Texas or Oklahoma. That's my theory on that. Texas, good team, going to be a better team next year. Quinn Ewers and those guys. And don't forget about the Arch Manning and Ole Miss story that is going to go on for the week. October 19th at Arkansas. Ole Miss has not won in Fayetteville, I don't think, and since 2008. It's just a difficult place to play for Ole Miss. It, it just is. Weird things happen in that game. You remember the Matt Corral six-interception game? You remember this last one where Ole Miss gained over 700 yards of offense and lost by multiple scores? Weird things happen in that game. October 26th, Georgia at home. November 2nd, Tennessee at home. November 9th at Kentucky, November 16th at LSU, November 23rd, Mississippi State at home. That would be the worst, hardest schedule in the history of Ole Miss football. That is on the table, absolutely plausible. We could wake up or we could tune it on tonight. You could tune into SEC After Dark for our reaction show live stream tonight. You can tune into the Locked On Ole Miss podcast tomorrow, and this schedule could absolutely be plausible for Ole Miss to have. It's just an unbelievably 
difficult schedule. Now, the flip side of that is there is a best case scenario as well. All right. I don't want to be the type of person that automatically just assumes the worst, but there is a best case scenario as well. And the best case scenario is October 31st, Furman, September 2nd, MTSU, September 14th at Wake, September 21st, Georgia Southern. Like I said, those are locked in. Those are happening. Those are the first four games of the season. September 28th, Ford at home. Very reasonable, very possible. October 5th, Auburn at home. As you can see, in those first two games, and we've grabbed teams from the, quote, top tier, and we replaced Alabama and Georgia with Ford and Auburn, which I don't know if anybody would argue with the, that point as well. Now, up to October 12th at Vanderbilt. October 19th at Arkansas. Like I said, that game's locked in. That's going to appear both ones. I, I, I do like it in the middle of October as opposed to November. I do think that game needs to be gotten away from the state game. Um, October 26th, Oklahoma at home. It'd be interesting with Jeff Levy coming back to the house. November 2nd, around Halloween weekend. I did this one because this is what I want. Ole Miss versus LSU around Halloween weekend. Make it happen, SEC. November 9th, bye. That's where the bye week is. November 16th at South Carolina. And November 23, Mississippi State at home. That is how I would handle the best case scenario. Now, the odds are it's going to probably fall somewhere in the middle. But if you look at what's going to be really difficult and what's going to be the most manageable, it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. It's This isn't an insult to the teams that are on the best case schedule any more than it is a compliment on the teams on the worst case schedule. It's about the combination of the eight teams where they sit on the total scale. All I know is if Ole Miss has this schedule, they're probably going to the playoff. If they have the other schedule, they're probably going seven and five. It, 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 that is how important tonight is for Ole Miss football. You want Ole Miss to get to the level that Ole Miss needs to get at, but even before we can take that worst-case schedule and that one be fine, we have to do well against the best-case schedule to get where we need to be, to get where we want to be. And if we do that, the um, Ole Miss has a chance to be, honestly, fairly successful. And we'll see exactly how it goes. But anyway, tonight, after after the um, schedules released at 6 o'clock, I will be on the Locked On live stream reacting to it. SEC After Dark, at SEC After Dark on YouTube. Um, you can check it out there. We'll be live streaming 9 Eastern, 8 Central reacting to it. And tomorrow morning on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we will be reacting to it. Because this score schedule is important. I know everybody's focused on the 2023 season. I get that. I totally get that. But the first shot of the 2024 war will be fired tonight, and we'll know exactly what kind of hill that Ole Miss has to climb to get to wherever they want to get. Seriously. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a receiver that I have not talked about very much. We had Dayton Wade on the show last night, but there's another receiver that I think we need to talk about, and that's Jordan Watkins. And he's in a uniquely, I don't want to say precarious situation because I don't think he is, but he's in a interesting situation because 
for Ole Miss to do what I think Ole Miss needs to do, that's going to put his role as a slot receiver and take away snaps for him. By the end of the year, he was playing 70, 80 snaps a game at the slot position, a converted outside wide receiver. But for Ole Miss to do what I think I want them to do, Michael Trigg almost needs to split time in that position, take series, do 12 personnel, do what you have to do. And if you do that, Ole Miss's offense will be effective. What does that mean to somebody like Jordan Watkins? That is the question. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making me thank thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Subscribe there, please. It'll make us very happy. Also, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So Jordan Watkins is the subject of the day. I didn't want to have a whole podcast talking completely about 2024 because that's 2024. We need to be ready for 2023. And one of the things as we're entering this season or this month period before media days is going to be very difficult. I'm going to try and spotlight players that maybe we haven't been thinking of. Maybe I haven't been talking about. I'm still going to do a ton of stuff on Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders, Zachary Franklin, Trey Harris, those guys. But I do want to take this opportunity to shout out players that I've for lack of a better word, hadn't talked about um, over much over the last few months. And that doesn't mean Jordan's not important. He's very, very important for what Ole Miss does. You saw what he did against Vanderbilt and how he could be a special type ball player from the slot, but he had to learn how to play the position. Because like I said before, he came in as a wide, wide receiver. Either outside left or outside right, playing, alternating with Jonathan Mingo and Malik Keith. Jordan Watkins kind of became a person that was important for Ole Miss football because of, honestly, where he stood, you know? He was better than any slot receiver because Jalen Robinson, for whatever reason, did not work out. But it didn't. So we had to find somebody to put there. Michael Trigg was playing tight end because we didn't have depth at the tight end position. 12 personnel was not an option last year. So if anybody wants to ask about, hey, why didn't we do this last year? It wasn't an option last year because the tight end room was not what it is today. Today you have the number three draft eligible tight end in Caden Priestcorn, and you have the number 12, according to Phil Steele, in Michael Trigg. So we will see exactly what happens there. But Jordan Watkins playing that slot receiver using that middle of the field that I think is so important for Ole Miss's offense. It's been a weak point for Jackson Dart in the past, but it's something that we need to focus on and harp on over and over again. Now, if you look at Jordan Watkins' zones, um, outside left, and this is probably when he was playing outside early in the season, it was 0 for 1. In the middle, that's post routes. Generally, he's 2 for 3. He did a decent decent enough job at that. Um, also. I'm not sure exactly where it was. There could be some catch and run on this one. I'm not 100% sure, but we'll see. Uh, uh, no, there's not because there's no TD on there. Um, two for five in that middle area of the tic-tac-toe board. Um, 24% NFL passer rating when they try to run throwing theirs. Two, two for five for one interception when he was targeted. Now, under 10 yards, the really quick passes, he was 10 of 12, 116 yards and a touchdown. 
So that middle area is going to be the place of improvement that he needs to make. He was two for five in that secondary zone um, on the right side with one TD and one interception. Near the line of scrimmage, though, he was he was pretty money. Inside of 10 yards, two or two, 10 or 12, six or six. By my Mississippi math, that is 18 or 22. And he also did very well behind the line of scrimmage at 10 and 10. So he was essentially 22 of um, 24 inside of 10 yards. So that's something that you really can't take away from Jordan Watkins. He just has that one area that he needs to go. Now, if you look at NFL passer ratings, inside of 10 yards, somewhere over 100. Yeah, I mean, he probably averages out of somewhere over 100. In that middle secondary zone, he struggled a little bit. That's the area where he needs to go to a little better, and his deep ball has actually been pretty good. Now, he was a deep receiver at Louisville as well, but when you look at exactly what he can do, that I, I, I think that's fairly impressive as well. Now, Jordan Watkins might not get the headlines of a Zachary Franklin or a Trey Harris or even a Dayton Wade. But Jordan Watkins is imperative that he gets better. If we want Ole Miss to get to where we want to be at, it is going to be important for Jordan Watkins to take a step and Jackson Dart to take a step and Michael Trigg. Those, those three players are probably more central to the success of Ole Miss than any other players. People are going to talk about offensive line, defense, all of that stuff. No, my thing is Michael Trigg, Jordan Watkins, and Jackson Dart over the middle of the field. That is what I'm going to look at over and over again. Should be pretty interesting what's going on because, you know, I'm going to bring this full circle in this show as well. Ole Miss is needing to do as well as they can this year to put them in the best possible situation for 2024. 2023, Ole Miss needs to be good. I'm not saying this isn't a uh, this is a throwaway. I'm not talking about anything like that. But the supplemental goal, no matter what happens in 2023, if you get to the LSU game, that no, not the LSU game because that's in September. If you get to the Arkansas game, I'm not even going to say the Egg Bowl. If you get to the Arkansas game and things aren't going the way that you hope they would go, let's say get into the Arkansas game and almost is like two and four or something like that. Something we don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if, let's say it did hypothetically, it would be time to position yourself and do the things you need to do to, to maximize 2024. That has to be a thought in the mind. I know it's not the way Lane Kiffin thinks. I get that. He's a person that's like, hey, this is the 2023 team. Next year is the 2024 team. That doesn't, they don't really do program. Now, Ole Miss has a chance to make the playoff in 2024. Really good football players, a third-year running back that's going to be the best running back in college football, might be the best running back in college football right now. You got a wide receiver coming in that has a chance to be unbelievably special, talking maybe AJ-type special. Um, you, you have a defense that's going to get better and better and better, and you have this elite class in Mississippi that people do not need to lose sight of. And Ole Miss has all this NIL money that they can dump into that class, and that is what they're doing. Jamonte Waller, 
might go to Penn State. That's fine. But I've said for months, I think Ole Miss gets one of him and Camarion Franklin. Camarion Franklin's been in Oxford, it feels like, every other week. Ole Miss has to feel really good for Camarion. I think they're going to have to compete with Tennessee, with Miami, but they have to feel really good about Camarion Franklin at the moment. And with a Jeffrey Rush, with the defensive line talent that is being built, Cameron Beavers, you can see the front line being built for that defense to where the next couple of years have a chance to be defensively really fun. And you know this team is always going to be able to play, play well on offense. It, it, it should be a lot of fun. Anyway, I do want to thank everybody for stopping by. And thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first and listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will react to the schedule release. Tune in for that. I may be hot. I may be happy. I don't know how I'll be, but tune in to find out. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow.